This is Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Schenk, and welcome to episode 18 of Anecdotally Speaking. Now, before we get started, Sean and I, uh, it's a Friday afternoon when we're recording this. Sean and I have just had lunch at the pub, and we were talking about movies and how the ratings given by critics can be very different from the rating given by uh, popular uh, response. Yeah, so, all the users, out, all the movie watchers who uh, go along. And, and sometimes the critics give the movie a much higher rating than the punters. Yes, indeed. Sometimes, sometimes much lower. And I had an experience just recently where I saw a critic uh, review the, the movie Jumanji 2, Welcome to the Jungle, which I was ha- heading to see that evening. And the critic gave it an absolute panning. And I was kind of thinking that I'll just bail out. I won't, I won't go. Yep. But I went along anyway and loved it. I laughed so hard. It was very different from what I expected. And it really caused me to ponder this, the, you know, how the critics were absolutely slamming this movie. And yet I found it really quite enjoyable. Anyway, Sean, then what did you do? Tell me. I guess I've noticed this same, I guess, issue around the disparity between those two things. And what I, what I tend to do is I use this app called the IMDb app, right? In fact, I, I tend to, whenever I watch a movie, pull out my iPhone, have a look at the IMDb app to sort of see what the, the rating is, especially when you've got so many movies these days, you know, on Netflix and other things like that. And, and so now I've got into the habit of rating the movies that I see. So, you know, I watch it and think, okay, what am I going to give that? And, you know, it's so funny, I, I really do have a habit of rating a lot of movies at a seven. Seven seems to be my, you know, default. And, and what I'm looking for to push it above that is actually emotion, right? So the other day I watched uh, two movies over the weekend. Uh, one was The Post, which, you know, was uh, nominated for an Academy Award, uh, starring Meryl Streep. I think she's up to her, I think, her 20th nomination you know, in the so just just an just an average actress then, just yeah. the average actress, and and I watched that, and I must admit, I really enjoyed it. It was it was really a heavy dialogue, and you had to really follow it. But by the end of that movie, I really did feel it. I felt a lot of empathy for her character, and and you know, I was just uh, rooting for it. The fact that she, you know, actually got the thing through, and they were, they were publishing these top secret documents. Had lots of connections on what's going around at the moment, you know, with WikiLeaks, etc. So I thought those are really nice connections. But at the same time, I I watched. I think it was what was it called? Um, I'm having a name blank now. It was the one about poker. Molly's game. Molly's game. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Molly's game. And I thought that was going to be quite a good movie. The actress there is, you know, top notch. Aaron Sorkin wrote it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It was, and so again, very dialogue-driven, and which is oh. the sort of movie I love, you know, West Wing, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I just I got to the end and went, like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of interesting, but didn't feel anything. So emotion matters in storytelling, right? It does. The reason I raised that wasn't to, to talk about emotion, although that is an important point. Yep. It was to highlight that that Sean uses this IMDb app to rate every movie that he watches. And I found it really insightful. We kind of flicked through. I asked, well, so what are your favorite movies? You know, what are the ones that, that – so there was two movies that had a 10. There was a bunch that got nines. And so I'm going to start doing that because it's 
kind of a great way to keep track of your favourite movies. I know. I mean, one of the reasons why I started doing it, because people would ask me, they'd say, so what movies do you really love? When you watch a lot of movies, they become a little bit of a blur to you. And, and so I found this exercise was just a nice one to help me. Again, it's that reinforcement. And right at the top of my list, and I've got a few that I rated as 10, but one that you found surprising was Whiplash. Yes. Great movie. Really enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was a 10. I did love that movie. And I think part of it is because they reconciled the plot in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds in that movie. You know, this idea that they say great movie making is around having an antagonist is trying to achieve something, but they're pitted against the the protagonists are also trying to achieve something and they're bumping into each other and that's what that movie's about and that doesn't get resolved until literally, you know, seconds the, towards the, the end. The final beat. Yeah, <laughs> the final beat. So I love that. Just absolutely loved it. And, of course, it's a good example of, um, you know, those these movies are what we call big S storytelling. Yes. Um, and so what we focused on in this podcast is the little S stories, yeah. the ones that all of us can use uh, uh, every day to make a business point. Indeed. And you can learn something, you know, if people in our field, we can learn things from the big S end, but you don't want to fall into the trap of trying to do big S storytelling. Yeah. I remember walking into the head of sales and marketing for a big company. I walked into his office in Western suburbs of Sydney and he had a huge whiteboard yes. and it was completely covered and it had the stages of the hero's journey mapped out and he had all this stuff. I walked in and he was so grateful to see me. And he said, Mark, I'm struggling so much. You know, I've mapped out the hero's journey. and But, you know, I just cannot figure out who is the hero. Is the product the hero? Should the company be the hero or should I be the hero? <laughs> oh, my so, God. And my advice was, please get an eraser. Rub that out because that is not going to help you be credible and authentic. It's just way too complicated for business. And he'd spent days working on this. Yep. And yeah. it's kind of it kind of just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So the hero's journey, as other plot structures uh, that uh, Hollywood use, fantastic for Hollywood, way too complex for business. And besides, we're not trained for it. You know, we're not trained to use these complex narrative structures. Yes, uh, we're actually trained to get business results. You know, there's another there's another theme out in organisational land at the moment too, which is related to this. So. There are big companies out there that do big S storytelling, right? We're talking about movie studios. We're talking about game studios. And they have creatives who are totally comfortable in that space. But the weird thing is, is, of course, the CEO says, hey, everyone, we're a story business. The majority of the people in that business are not in the creative area. They're the leaders of division lines and yeah. managers of procurement and HR, they make up the majority of people in those businesses in, in many cases, right? You know, the sales forces, all that sort of stuff. And they're freaking out. They're freaking out because they've been told they're a story company and story is everything, but they don't really know what it is, right? And they need to learn smaller storytelling. That's their contribution, you know, the di disparity between what the creatives do and, and what they do. Ah, absolutely, absolutely. So I guess we should move on with uh, the story for this week. And it's an even number. So over to you, Sean. What have you got for us this week? Yeah, look, this, this one's a, just a little story, really. So I was at uh, the uh, Washington 
International Association of Business Communicators Congress, right? That's so IABC. IABC. We're members of IABC. I was there to speak at the conference. One of the activities they got us to do was just sort of like a speed dating sort of exercise, getting to know as many of the participants as, as possible. I found myself sitting next to this lady. Her name was Cheryl. And she, when Cheryl found out that I was working in the field of storytelling, she said, oh, I I had a very um, memorable thing happen to me, which I now share as a story. Oh, fantastic. What is it? She had just joined a big utility and with... Um, with well, what, it, was, what was Cheryl's role? Oh, so she was in HR. Right? Oh, okay. So she was in HR. Uh, she just just joined the company and she thought, oh, well, you know, it's really important for me to understand the business. So she thought, wouldn't it be a good idea if I actually rode with some of the guys in the trucks who are, you know, going around fixing the poles and, you know, all the other bits and pieces you do to, to keep these utilities running. And she organised for her first trip and she jumps into the cab of this this big old truck and the driver's sitting there and we're calling John and John just turns to her and, and the first thing he says, right out of the blue, doesn't, doesn't uh, say anything else, he just says to her, she says, Cheryl, are you married? Oh, no. And she doesn't know that's why he's asking this and, uh, yeah, I am married. And then he goes, so what's the colour of his eyes? Again, she's a bit surprised. Oh, no, no, this is getting creepy. She says, his eyes are brown. And then he just turns to her and, he's, and really intently he says, I don't want to have, at the end of this shift, to have a look into his brown eyes and tell him that you've been hurt, you've been injured, you've been killed. I take safety seriously, and when I give you an instruction about safety, you follow it. Is that a deal? And she said, yep. <laughs> deal. Deal, right? And she said it was just this, it created this moment where she could not forget it. He attached the whole issue of safety into something that was personal. I thought, I heard that story and I loved it. Yeah. So what do you reckon? Yeah, I love it too. Yeah, really, you know, easy to tell. Oh, sorry, it's it's short. Yes. But very impactful. And, you know, it's, it's funny, that, you know, some of the best stories are like that. I often hear people say, oh, we don't have time for a story. A story like that is very short but has impact. Huge impact. If you wanted to, I mean, that guy, he obviously knew each time he did that. As soon as he ran that little approach to them, it had that enormous impact when they were working with him. So they knew he was serious, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, certainly got Cheryl's attention because here she is sitting down in a, uh, in a conference months later relaying that story. Yeah, yeah. And obviously she told it. It was something that was useful for, for her. Uh, and I guess one of the things that, makes the story work is this idea that people feel that if the listener is thinking what happens next that's kind of like the driving force of a good story right if you can tell a story and the listeners is thinking that you're on to something and i think this is what cheryl had there she had this story that just through a few simple steps you're going oh my god what's happened next why are you doing why is he doing that yeah you know with those two opening questions he's really amped up the tension yeah definitely and then it gets released very quickly and, and in a memorable way. Absolutely. Yeah. And like one of the things that for me that, that really sticks about that is the sense of danger. Yeah, there's a, there is a sense that something, something is... Something weird. Yeah, something weird's going on. <laughs> yeah, this John guy. Yeah, yeah. So there's certainly that element of it. And, you know, just the fact that it's unexpected. You don't expect to jump into a cab and be asked for the first question you, you know, comes out of their mouth is, uh, are you married? 
and right. what colour are your partner's eyes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think those are some of the elements. Short story, lots of features. I, I really like it because it shows that stories with high impact can be really short. Yes, yeah, so, that's true. All right, so how will we use this in business? Well, for me, this is a model of behaviour. Say if you're working with the safety group in a big corporation and you wanted to uh, get them thinking, what things could they do to really help people understand that safety is vitally important? You could tell that story, but then get them to bounce off that, to come up with their own versions of that sort of thing that they can do, a model, like an intervention story. In fact, I was working with a safety group recently and we... You know, I was just trying to get them to uh, think about how they could create their own moments of safety. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I suggested to them, because one of the things they told me was the idea that the most dangerous place in their workplace was it when anyone was working height. And that height meant, you know, even a couple of foot off the ground. But in many cases, it was many stories. Off. And they just wanted that message to be out there. And so I asked them, what did people do on their first day, you know, at this job? course it was all the boring things I said well what if you did this take people up to the top floor of the building on the roof you harness them up you clip them in you take them to the edge of the building they don't really know what's going on and then when they're looking over the 12 floors down to the ground you then sort of say this is the most dangerous place in our business they would never forget that you betcha. And so you've created a moment. Ah, see, we've got a bit of a theme happening here in this little in this segment about moments. Yeah. So I'm not sure that we've mentioned it previously, but but we actually read the the book by the Heath brothers, The Power of Moments, as part of our anecdote book club a little while ago. Yes. And a really amp, a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, it's a very good read. Just talking about how moments are really key parts of our of our nature and how they can have a huge impact. And so here's a couple of examples. Yeah, and I think they, they give great examples in that book about what, what other companies are doing to, to generate moments. And it doesn't have to be companies either. They're talking about schools, they're talking about research facilities, a whole range of, of different industries. So, uh, yeah, moments are important. So other applications of that story? Yeah, look, I think probably you could expand it out to just leadership, you know, examples of how leaders make a difference that fellow in the truck was acting as a leader, right? And it shows that leadership can happen at any level. It doesn't have to be at the, you know, the pinnacle of the organisation. Yes, like the uh, story about oh, seven or eight episodes ago about Ray, the office guy who went out and handed the high-vis vest to the state manager yeah. while everyone else stood there. Letting it go let by. It, walking by, oh, in fact, walking alongside it. Yeah. 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 So leadership occurring at all levels. Yeah, so I think... So for that, I think it's primarily a modelling sort of exercise. It's one to help people give them a little bit of insight. Now, that's a quick story to talk about, really, but what would we give it as a bit of a rating, do you think? Where would you put it in the pantheon of stories that we've, we've talked about so far? Well, it's probably not a story that I'd use. I mean, I really like it a lot how it does dramatically uh, amp up the tension very quickly and then release it and make a good point. Um, but it's, I don't think it's a story I'd use a lot. So I'm going to give that a six. Not That's not about it being a good story. It's about my use of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have a similar feeling for it. So that would mean I would put in my traditional uh, seven category. Great. Okay, well, that's 
that's really all we wanted to say about that story, wasn't it? It's a, it's a quick one. Final things, I suppose, in terms of uh, things that are happening around anecdote at the moment. Are there particular things we need to uh, cover off on? Well, you seem to have a bit of an affinity for New Zealand this year because you're heading back there in a couple of weeks. What are you doing over in New Zealand? True, yes, I'm, I'm over there. One of the things we do is we provide our programs and we license them to corporations to use internally for themselves. So we have a, a new business over there, a big insurance company that's taken on and they'll be running our storytelling for leaders internally. So that means that they, we, I'll train them up on how to train their own people and then they'll start to deliver it out through their organisation. These guys are kind of natural storytellers already, you know, so it's going to be just perfect for them there. It's going to give them purpose and more of a systematic approach. You know, they're doing it in a kind of ad hoc way. They'll have more of a systematic approach after they, they run our program. So anyway, looking forward to that, which will be great. Fantastic. Well, let's finish it all up then. Um, all I wanted to say probably is thanks again for listening to um, Anecdotally Speaking and tune in for next week where we put more stories to work.